All right. And it's a beautiful day. Uh. To have a beautiful day. Yeah. GMGM. On this beautiful day. Good morning, NFTs. We put up on Stephanando. Got the Alpha on Web 3. And it's all on Rock Radio. It's a beautiful day. Have a beautiful day. GMGM. Yo, 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 what up, what up, what up, GM, GM, good morning, good morning, Thursday, September 8th, 2022, look at that, another beautiful day to have a beautiful day, the sun is shining in Montreal, Canada, it is summer still, you love to see it, I'm back on my time zone, ah, it feels good. It feels good. For a moment there, I felt lost, you know? Also, completely lost without a show for a couple of days. So we're back on track now. And I don't think we're canceling any show until the end of the year, as far as I'm concerned. So we're looking good. <laughs> God. God, I need it. I need it every morning. I need it. it feels good. I'm so excited. I woke up this morning. I was like, yeah, there's a show. <laughs> good morning, Golden. Good morning, Manda. What's up? <laughs> GM guys, GM, super happy to be here. It's a beautiful day over here too in California, but there's like a thunderstorm on the horizon. Uh-oh. It's kind of kind of wild out there. I mean, you guys could use a little rain uh, here and there, uh, but not gonna lie, <laughs> for real. Uh, and uh, but yeah, the weather is crazy. It's like literally summer here, Montreal. Like it's wild. Like it's like really, 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 really hot and sunny. Uh, just like how we love uh, to have it. Uh, you know, it's just a calm before the storm because, you know, in a few months it'll be cold, freezing, snowy, miserable, and all that stuff. And so, <laughs> but that's just the usual Canadian winter. What's up, Mando? Good morning. GM, man. Happy birthday for, for yesterday. Thank you, how sir. Is, how was the flight on your birthday? Thank you, sir. Not ideal, right? Happy yeah. Related. I mean, hey, you jinxed it. Because you said that I was dumping, that ETH dumped because of my birthday yesterday. And uh, we managed to reverse that real quick. Uh, so I call that the Farouk's birthday pattern. So every year, September 7th, you long. You long in the morning. And then you, you just but you, you cut that position uh, right before going to bed, okay? Uh, non-financial advice, of course. Uh, it's, it, it does occur once a year on September 7th. And uh, so we'll see. We'll see next year. Uh, and we'll go back to this recording. We'll probably still be hosting by this time next year. Uh, episode like 690. And so, <laughs> and so, so we'll see then. I know, I know uh, Ovi, or should I say Avi, uh, is on his way uh, shortly. He's going he's gonna to be joining us as well. Today on the show, as usual, NFT and Macro Daily Summary. Six days until the merge, the big countdown uh, or so. Six days or so, right? Uh, and so and then... Um, what to look out for uh, the rest, you know, of 2022 on an NFT and a, on a crypto uh, basis. I have a feeling something tells me it's going to be quite an interesting uh, end of the year. Q4 is, is probably going to be pretty wild, in my opinion. Then special guest, very special guest, Avery Akineni. She's a president of Vayner3, so super excited uh, to, t- to chat with Avery. Uh, she's one of those, like, really, really dope president CEOs in the, in the, in the Web3 space. And so uh, it'll be fun to, to, you know, just pick her brain and, and see how they're uh, thinking about Web3 and, and, and specifically, like, you know, onboarding, you know, large uh, global brands over there at Vayner 
and uh, and all you know, all things that they're working on. And so, really, uh, really excited to speak with Avery. I've had a couple chats with her in the back end, and she's uh, she's really a really smart person uh, in the space. So excited to to highlight uh, her today. Obi, what's up? Good morning, sir. GM, sorry, uh, sorry for my tardiness. I was uh, just <laughs> I was just just meeting some people. Um, I just heard like the most insane story I think I've ever heard in my life. I can't shoot it. I, Give it to us. No, well, unfortunately, it's going to be one of those things where I can't, I can't share it. But um, no, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. You can't hold do on. that. I have, to, I have to tell you offline. No, 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 no. I cannot, I cannot share it. Uh, I muted him. He's not a co-host yet. I muted his ass. Ovi, listen to me. Usually, I can't do this to you because you're a co-host, but I, I will send you a co-host invite right now. If you come on this stage and say there's a crazy story of your life and you say I can't share it. That's not how it works. I don't. I, I didn't. Okay. I didn't. I didn't want to be that guy. I almost didn't even want to say it. But it's that crazy that like I had to say it and not share it. But it is. <laughs> is it like Web three related NFT it's, or is it not it's related? art related? And it will. It will potentially be. It will potentially be Web three related. Um, and it's just like, <laughs> it's just like absolutely fucking mental. But uh, yeah. In, in, in can you like time. text it in the group chat so at least like Mando and I can see if you're just hyping it up or if it's actually mental? I'll uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a call later and uh, and tell you. But um, yeah, it is just insane. Um, Mando, what do you think of this sorry, right now? Sorry to everyone for, for being that guy, but uh... <laughs> I mean, you're just Mando, like I think, think you're the most hated person in Web three at this stage. Like, who does that? Who does yeah, that? Yeah, straight up. Like, that is just not right. I mean, I and I, man, bro, I'm like the most curious person on the planet. Uh, and uh, and as a kid, I was being told to stop being this curious. And so this doesn't help me right now. You're like you're like itching me. Uh, you're like literally like getting under uh, my skin uh, right now with this. And I really need to know, um, Avi. And uh, I will call you Avi from here on. You know, because I like when people say my name right. So Avi, it is. And. Uh, <laughs> And 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 I will need to know. Uh, will need to know um, the the story. This is insane. I can't believe this is your entrance into this this morning show today. But anyways, uh, <laughs> son of a bitch. That's funny. It's kind of nice. It's kind of like a spicy entrance. Usually, you know, he comes in timid. That's nice. <laughs> He's usually so like calm and like composed and quiet and gives his fifteen minute spiel and incredible market rundown and he just like says nothing. And, and here he is, like, just, like, you know, just coming in hot. So, okay, so we know it's art-related, potentially Web3 related. It's the craziest thing he's ever heard. Uh, so I don't know if that's bullish. That's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not an exaggeration. Like, it is, it is, like, probably the craziest story anyone will ever hear in their lives for most people. Like, it is just insane. <laughs> and then we can double down. Let's go. Come on. <laughs> But anyway, that's me, but I don't want to. I don't want to keep being a dick. So, is it is it like somebody? Is it like Banksy's ex copy? Like, I, I feel like you're. There's some big news here. No, no. I mean, like, I think this will be something that everyone will. Um, like the whole world will be eventually um, aware of it, um, but not yet. Oh well. I mean, damn. Um, I don't know what to say to that, but. <laughs> But now I really want to know, so I'm excited for 12. Uh, I'm sorry, as excited as was the show, I'm excited for it to end, uh, to call Ovi. And uh, and you better, Amanda <laughs> is already, like, grilling Ovi. Uh, Ovi, and Avi, Avi, in the group chat. 
uh, and uh, he's already doing it. So we're going to need it. You actually have like 15 seconds. I'm going to play your jingle to type something out for us in the back. Because I just want people to hear us uh, react so they know if you're full of shit or if you're serious. Um, because we have now to, to say it. So here you go. I'm giving you a couple more seconds for you to type. I don't see you typing yet. All right. On to the jingle. Let's get it. Type, Obi. Brought to you by Rub Radio. Uh, so, in less interesting news, uh, in terms of the financial markets, um, we had a we had a strong day yesterday. S and P five hundred and Nasdaq uh, were both up about two percent. Um, we had a rally in interest rates, which is good to see. I think the main mover of yesterday. Um, was oil. Oil was back. Oil was down all the way to nine uh, to eighty-two dollars per barrel. That's through the lows of the year. Um, I think the pre the lows were like in ja- eighty-six in January. So um, we're now at the like lows of the year in oil, which I think is good. That helps the inflation narrative. Like even though it's not directly correlated to the European energy crisis, commodities in general have some form of correlation. Um, and so I think that's like a good sign. Um, Crypto-wise, um, I'm still like impressed by how well stuff is doing like ethers back above 1600 bitcoin is above 1900 i see a lot of people on my timeline talking about this support level on bitcoin being like a huge buy uh, i'm not really much of a chartist or i don't pay attention to technical indicators but this is like like once in a while i see something where like everyone agrees on something and that seems to be the case here on bitcoin so it could be interesting you know like next week we have um the inflation number that comes on tuesday we have supposedly the ethereum merge um so, uh, yeah, next week, I think, could be interesting. I would expect, like, a lot of volatility um, either way. But it seems like we had, like, a, a mini panic or scare or whatever in the last few days, and um, stuff is rebounding nicely from that. I'm done talking. Yeah, I don't really Sorry, guys, like, this weird alarm just went off. <laughs> they want to mute. <laughs> Go ahead, Lando. The, the feds finally found you? Yeah, look, I um... yeah, I think the Fed, I think they came back to get me. Apparently, the Queen of England is not looking great, and it was my fault. And so they're coming back to find me here in the Commonwealth country of Canada. Um, I've done nothing. Don't blame me. Uh, <laughs> Mando, do you want to add something to to market? No, like it, it still doesn't look great out there to me. The only the only thing that's gotten better is is the price of oil, like, and that might help inflation. Um, but. Europe, Europe. Everything you continue to hear looks like Europe is heading for a pretty bad recession. Uh, What's with and... the news I saw that like some countries are like asking people to be even more mindful of like electricity and like to turn it off for certain times and like this shit is crazy. Yeah, look, like European energy prices are going unbelievably high to the extent that um, European governments are now trying to put in like price caps because it's just it's just gone too nuts. Um, and the only way to fund that would be via issuing more debt. Um, there's been a lot, a lot of doomsday talk about the fact that the um, this will lead to even more weakness in the euro, and this can lead to like the, the idea that the dollar is strengthening and every every other currency is weakening um, is not a great scenario uh, for the rest of the world. Now, the main reason for that is a lot of countries around the world, in order to access international financial markets, they have to raise debt in dollars. So if you're a country in anywhere really in the emerging markets, um, uh, and sometimes even you know, in, in uh, 
in developed markets, you have a lot of dollar-denominated debt, um, but particularly in emerging markets. So, for example, if you were to raise, if you were a South American or uh, Southeast Asian or African country, you'd often be raising your foreign debt in dollars. Uh, there is some local currency debt, but the dollar debt is, is a large percentage of it. So what's happening right now is the strength of the dollar is meaning that people are suddenly owing far more um, in a lot of these, um, a lot of other countries. Let's, let's put it this way. Um, so that is making the, the debt metrics of a lot of countries outside of the US um, look precarious. And there's been a lot of talk about how this could spiral. Um, uh, and this is linked to oil prices as well. One of the reasons why, for example, oil prices have stayed so high is because a lot of the countries that are in, inside OPEC have dollar-denominated debt, and they're getting absolutely crushed on all the debt they owe, overused to trade some of those countries. But um, yeah, th th that's like an ongoing thing. People are, if you're talking about a bubble that could um, lead to a spiral here, that's one that people are now pointing to. The concept that there is a lot of denominated debt, dollar-denominated debt globally, um, and the strength in the dollar, as well as the ongoing, you know, slowdown globally, is going to lead to that bubble becoming unsustainable for lots and lots of countries. You've already seen this with a few emerging market countries already. Um, places like Sri Lanka is, is facing issues. There's a number of countries in in um, in South America have had ongoing issues, but this this could spread to many other countries if this if this continues. And that's that's pe what people are saying is that could be the next kind of bubble to explode. Um, in particular, they're looking to what's going on in Europe and seeing um, the debt metrics there as being potentially unsustainable. And you could have also runaway inflation there. So U Europe is is Europe, and let's say rest of world debt is what people are getting really worried about at the moment. But right now, today, it feels like everyone kind of forgot about that. But over the last 48 hours, there are a lot of doomsday predictions over what could happen over the next three to six months. Damn. That, this is not very bullish uh, euro over there. Um, so that doesn't sound, that actually sounds terrifying. Um, not, not, not great at all. Uh, on the NFT side of things now, let's come back to Web3 a little bit. Uh, you know, where we don't have uh, energy issues, right? Because the light is always switched on in this space. Uh, Mando, what are you what are you seeing? What are you feeling? How 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 are you feeling looking at Flip's finance this morning? Um, it's been a bit of a slow bleed. Um, it feels like for the last week or so, notably the number of um, the number of wallets has actually increased, uh, decreased quite notably over the last few, over the last week or two, um, which hasn't been a great sign. But the number of wallets trading volumes have stayed okay. Um, but yeah, the number of wallets has definitely decreased. But pretty much every collection over a seven-day period is kind of in a bit of a bit of a slow bleed. Um, I would say five to ten percent. Part of that is because crypto bounced um, back up to kind of sixteen fifty um, on ETH, for example. But part of that, yeah, is just a, a general slowdown in in volumes, and it's you know a lot a lot of projects kind of people losing faith in so that's been a little bit worrying the the one bright spots the the jadu team did their um did their mint that went well that floor is at 0.2 we had them on the show last week um you can always listen to that show again i thought they would what they were doing was very interesting um and ens continues to be um pretty strong i think that the 10k floor 
ENS has got to about 3.2, um, and that was at 1.8 a few weeks ago. So it's kind of done a 2x, and um, and now the 999 club floor is about 35 ETH. So a lot of volumes going into ENS, um, some volumes kind of coming out of of your 10k projects. Um, some of the art block stuff is holding up okay, but volumes are unbelievably low across art blocks at the moment. Um, I think Doodles is kind of, sorry, um, the Squiggles and uh, and Gazers seem to be the most active, but it's it's really quite slow there. Um, and but yeah, good to see that the Jardine Mint went well. Yeah, definitely happy to see that one. Well, shout out to to the team and to what they've done. Um, and so it was really cool to be able to give a bunch of spots to our to our members. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, but yeah, it's um, I don't know, guys. I'm I'm looking at the market right now. Um, there's uh, there's not that much going. On. I mean, yesterday the artifact forging opened for a week. Remember, we had the artifact founders the week before. Uh, you had a, it was last week you had them. Yeah, you had a week to like you know uh, mint your whatever you wanted, and then from today on you can forge um, your clothes. And so it seems like, um, you know, the market is just waiting. Uh, and, you know, when we talk about what to expect in, uh, in uh, oh, it seems like, yeah, Renga Black Box are good, etc. But there's, there's not much going on. It's it's very, uh, I don't know, very quiet. So when we talk about, you know, what to expect uh, in uh, in uh, for the rest of 2022, I mean, what do you, what do you guys think, you know, in terms of uh, the rest of the year? It seems like, I don't know, it's... Um, the narrative around, in my opinion, the narrative around people really stuck around over the entire summer and kept trying to either deliver or just be there for the community or build, you know, the tools that will, you know, make their products better over time will be rewarded. And then whatever is just the rest of it just is the other way around. I don't know about you guys. It's just like I'm feeling a lot of fatigue in the main bigger collections and probably is going to be a lot more energy in like the lower cap collections. But um, you know, I don't know. We talk about that a lot, but that's mostly where my eyes are at. Personally, I, I have no problem cutting off from a bigger collections. I have a significantly higher floor and, you know, putting it into more collections at a lower level and seeing what works out. Personally speaking, that's kind of where my head's at. Yeah, I think, um, I think the part of the market that's most at risk now is like things that are in like the between two to 10 ETH level, you know, and I was looking at stuff today and um you know like moonbirds down to like 10 11 eth like doodles down to seven azuki's down to seven um clonex are down to six like i think things in in that bucket are most at risk because that's still a lot of money right like if your floor is is six eth um that's what like 10 grand or something like it's a, it's a lot of money and if people are trying to like salvage things or take tax losses or just go back into eth like those are things that are actually worth selling Whereas if you have NFTs that are trading at like 0 0.1 or 0 0.05 or 0 0.2, whatever, like it's not like that much money. And, you know, that is a lot of money to some people and, and people will sell them. But the impact there, like the price impact there is like much more minimal um, than it can be for the stuff that's a lot higher. So um, given like the market dynamics and I don't know how or when things will change because we, we are now in a prolonged bear market for NFTs. Um, there are a lot of other investment opportunities that are like way more attractive and liquid offering like maybe not quite the same upside, but decent upside that aren't NFTs um, that are more sure things. It's difficult to see where, how and where new money comes in with the market the way it is right now. 
and you know people are like okay maybe we get like a metamask airdrop or like a gnosis safe airdrop and goes back into the nfts like i'm not sure i'm not sure those airdrops do go back into nfts like maybe a lot of people just sell those airdrops and take the money because ultimately like a lot of the market has lost money this year and, and, and it's down um and i think people are just trying to salvage what they can so that's a dynamic that's like really hard to break and just like we said the other day about um every new bull run it's like different altcoins that rally it's not the same ones because in the same ones you have all these trapped longs and trapped sellers who just want out so they can never truly rally because everyone's just trying to sell and move on to the next thing and i have a, I have a feeling we're going to see the same thing within the nft market um because and it's going to be even more of a pronounced effect because it's an otc market and not an exchange so people just like list things and keep listing things um so you really have to like really have to pick and choose your projects and um i think with the existing projects that have like spent lots of money raising capital and have had a focus of um trying to return value to their investors rather than value to their nft holders i think they're going to struggle to bounce back because i think they'll lose they'll lose people they'll lose community they'll lose like um the magic if you like that they originally had and it's going to be i don't know it's just it's tough like i think i think those things in like that seven to ten ETH range i think i really really think they're at risk right now um and i just yeah, i don't know i just i just like for me i like to rather hold ETH and put the own that stuff here but i think in this market people realize that like i don't know how to explain it, like that the perhaps that the price of a project's floor doesn't necessarily determine like its true worth and value and how their founders are actually that doesn't mean they're working harder than other founders at like point one or point two like there are founders like i'm sorry like and i'm not gonna dap us up i'll give you guys a credit like i genuinely think you guys at dgens are working harder than a lot of the founders that i have bags with at 10 and I know you are because I know Mando doesn't fucking sleep at night. And 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 I know and you know and, and Avi, whenever you're not getting married, I know you're doing the same thing. And <laughs> I'm just kidding, but it's like but I look at other people, like I think it's funny it, when you look at the sappy seals, right? And the pixel verse and what they're building, when you look at Wob and all these guys, right? You it's always like tweeting out and making memes and they're really really a fun community. But like I look at the floor and I think it was Wob or something. I'm paraphrasing here, so don't take my word exactly meaning exactly what he said, but he was like, Do you think and I, I should have bookmarked that fucking tweet because I felt the same about Rug Radio. He said, do you think that for a $1,000 floor right now with a sappy seal, you will get about two to $3,000 of, of, of back? But like in terms, not in terms of like a financial, but he was saying in the words of like uh, a value back within the next year or two. And if so, why aren't you buying one? Something along those lines. And I thought about it that way. Like, do you think that for a $300 NFT that we are selling, right? That is, that's the price of our thing. You will get more value out of that. And then I look at a higher cap product and I, I'm not going to name project names, but I, I hold most of those. Like, do you think at $5,000 I will get the, this value? Will I at 10,000 get, get this value? Will I at 15,000 not get the value? The answer is honestly, no. And it's not maybe in a bull market. Yes. Like things go up only, but in a bear market going from five to 10 K floor is extremely hard. Whereas going from three to $600 or thousand is probably much easier. And so I look at all these founders now and I look at what they're delivering or lack thereof or lack of or complete silence. Like, I'm sorry, like we still we had the whole conversation about doodles last week. There's still not a tweet out. And I wonder how many more days will go before we see anything from that front, which is totally fine. It's up to them. Do what they want. It's awesome. I still have one. But it's like I'm just like, damn, like all these people all this time that in a bull market weren't seen and were screaming, yo, Look at us. We're building something. Hey, look at us. We might not be a cat or a doodle or an ape or this or that, 
for Moonbird, blah, 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 but we're building. We're doing something. Look at us. And we weren't looking at him. And, or they weren't given like, the, the, the light to shine. And we weren't shining a light on them. And now I'm looking because there's much less noise. And actually, I have time. You know, every Sunday, I look at the whole market. I look at who's doing this. And like every day, we host this show. So our job is really to look around. And I'm just like, fuck. Like, it's so crazy to me how many really incredible founders there are in the space all around the world. Not necessarily in the USA, which the last bull market was so American-centric. And you have people building all around the world. Like, in Europe, it's insane. Like, over there in Asia. I mean, I see Emmy down there. Obviously, I'm a big Gavers bull. But, like, all these people, like, in Japan, like, they're building incredible fucking things. There's teams based out of Africa. There's, like, so many dope people in this space building really cool things that we're actually going to need in this space. But instead, we decided to put the market, we, the market, decided to put no, that for 10, 15, 20, 15, I think. And I genuinely think that it was a curse for them. And it probably hurt them more than helped them to have a 15, 20, 30 ETH floor. Because how do you maintain the hype? How do you maintain that that price when it's so damn high? It couldn't be. Dude, I'm not going to lie. Like, remember, I remember our floor was almost two ETH at some point. I was like, holy fuck. How am I going to do it? We're definitely not worth that yet. And we're definitely not ready for a two ETH floor. So let alone 10 ETH. So I put myself in the shoes of both the founders being put in this position by the market because it's not the founder that chooses a tiny floor. It's the market. And then um, and then in the, uh, in, the, in the shoes of like the buyers, the investors, the collectors, the community members were like, well, you know, and so it's just like, I just, I mean, we've been seeing this as being in the bear like with Obi Amendo, like talking about how looking at like small cap projects and now looking at who will be the, you know, rising stars of this bear. And like, we're like three months deep now. Well, how many months deep are we this bear? I don't even know. I lost track, but like the summer is almost done. So you had time over the summer to look at who stuck around and who actually like kept delivering and worked on projects, kept hiring the bear while a lot of people were, were like actually fucking like uh, firing people and like people gambled their treasuries versus founders who did not do so and kept hiring and kept building and stuck around when actually there's some days you don't want to stick around. Like genuinely some days I wake up, I'm like, fuck, like, damn, it's tough, but you got to keep going. Right. So that's who I will be putting my money on. And I will personally you know, use my platform and my voice, especially using the show, in order to highlight that more because there's a lot of people who deserve the props and the credit. I mean, Mando, what do you think? Yeah, I, I kind of completely agree with you. I think I think um, we're, what, four months into this now. I do think that, like, when I look, when I look through a lot of wallets, um, like, when I look around floors of lots of different projects, you can tell that like people have been burnt on so much stuff. Like there's a lot of pain out there. Um, and part of this is just liquidity. Like what Ovi just said, like it's just about um, people are using any pump to, to kind of get out. And that kind of goes into what you're saying and that it's not really a reflection necessarily of what's going on right now. Um, but I do think two things are being tested broadly here, which is number one, um, the ability to make a web3 brand like that was the hype for a long long time uh just because board Ape dot club looked like they're about to do it and do it successfully and so there was the idea that that could be replicated over um you know dozens of different projects that is being questioned to its core um and the market is telling you that it doesn't believe now that that is going to be uh, achievable for a lot of different projects that's going to cause a big fallout 
um, because that's what 99% of the projects out there were telling you that they were going to do. Um, and what I do think that, while I do think that you know Web3 business models make sense, the idea of using them for different applications makes sense, the fallout from that is going to hurt liquidity across the market because that was the narrative that dominated for the last 12 months. So while I still believe in a, in a lot of the companies that are going to try and use um, this technology for applications of how they can grow business models, um, and for example, Rock Radio, but there's there's a number of different ones which I think are using it in a smart way, that it just, it's not really being reflected right now <laughs> because uh, broadly across the market, everyone's being hurt so far in that narrative collapsing or at least being repriced of building um, web, like uh, Web3 native IP or, or um, NFT native IP. Um, so right now, I think there's a lot of mispricings is what you said, um, because I do think there are genuinely strong projects which you can see being valuable for you know a while, and the business model, the business model seems native to what they're creating. Um, but it doesn't really. I think we've still got a little bit of time. Um, I still still think we've got a little bit of time. Number one, I think the crypto market has to heal, and right now I do not see how crypto is going to go on some massive bull run with macro in its current scenario. Um, and number two, I just think that there needs to be a, there's going to be a reevaluation of, of what is valuable. The concept that NFTs can be the gateway to utility is 100% correct. The concept that NFTs can be the gateway to building a Web3 native brand, I think is only going to be available to the very, very, very few. But that's what everyone was saying. So like what I'm looking at with the with the growth of like, just what was happening with ENS right now. People believe in NFT native utility. Like Solana's bringing out a phone. Maybe your ENS could be related to your phone number, your email, your website, your your you know your wallet address. Like people believe in that concept and the concept of digital ownership of that utility. But right now, um, the baby's being thrown out with the bathwater here, and I think we're still in for a little bit of pain um, while you know. This, these 10 to 15 brands that were spun up over the last 12 months, you really, they're really going to be questioned whether they, they have long-term viability. They all have, they all have the, um, pretty much every single one of the major ones has been well-funded. So um, they're going to have a very good shot at it, but I do think it's, it's, it's being questioned and, and that's, um, that's, that's what's calling, causing all the fallout. Yeah, it's um, it's really interesting. I, I think I genuinely think there will be this flippening in like the, in like where like, and I was just trying to write something about it, but like it's just like, in like where, I think it's a mental barrier, man. Though, where like you see a project on a high floor, so you immediately assume that's much better than the others, and that their founders must be some fucking superheroes that will make your bags go up so much and bring you, uh, you know, generational wealth. But now a lot of these founders are stuck having to go and make their investors money. And their investors aren't you guys or me, you know, their investors are now the, the, the venture capital firms from which they took money. Like if you're going to raise, let's say 10 mil, you have to make sure to bring a hundred million dollars back of value to your investors. Like, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but like when you put yourself in a position where you're raising as a founder, I'm a founder, so I know that. And, and we get interest a lot. 
But I'm like, well, that means that if I go that route, I have to think of bringing them even more value, all while focusing on the 14,000 fucking holders of Rock Radio. And so it's like this pressure that is extremely high and the stakes are insane. And so I think that people really need to, to, to really, really, really like take a step back and, 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 and think about that. Like if you want to make money in the next run, like don't put all your eggs in one basket and put your life savings to one thing. Then you're like so screwed and depend on that. You better off just start nibbling. You know, the same way we say like DCA into ETH. Like, as it goes down, and look, it may go way high, lower or may go way higher. I don't know shit about it, personally speaking. I just listen to you guys every morning. But it's like, go ahead and DCA into, like, people that you see actually constantly showing up. And, like, but not just showing up. And showing up doesn't mean just, hey, they're tweeting and they're on Twitter spaces and whatnot. Because that will definitely not be what determines the, the value of a project once we grow out. Once we grow out of just being a Twitter eco chamber, you're going to be much more than, like, a founder that's just active on Twitter spaces every day and, and tweets out. But look into like their communities and like into what's being built within them, their fundamentals. Like there is like there is a lot of people out there, man. Like I, I it's hard for me to name names because then I forget names and people are mad at me, or then people say I pump bags and whatnot. But like it's a conversation I have a lot. Like obviously with you two, because when you look at what you guys are building, I'm like, whoa, like shit, these guys are bringing so much value. Obviously, I'm super biased about my own stuff and our team, but like I look at that and I'm like, whoa, like, it's really incredible. Like, yo, hello, right? We just not just a fucking morning show. It's why I'm more than that. Uh, and then, but then I look at like Emmy or like a Nick and P or like, look at their Florida. They're like 0.15 points. Like, that's a fucking joke. Like, I'm sure they're going to do more than that. Or I look at like, I don't know. I look at like what Jenkins is doing. Like he's been doing a co- bunch of cool stuff. I look at what's, there's a lot of, I see Nas down there. He's from, he's on the founder of the rebels. I mean, that guy's a genius and I know they're going to be doing dope shit and they're still building through. Like, there's just like, and I see y'all, like, I see y'all founders down there. Like, even when we're, we, like, a lot of founders we host, like, and a lot of the, you know, even when, like, we do sponsored spots, like, like, we actually, like, vet through the projects. We had, like, 80 people apply to, to come and sponsor our show. And, like, we had to go through, like, like, 50, 60, 70 rejections over the last couple of weeks. But, like, because we vet them ourselves. But, like, I look at them and I look at them and I'm like, damn, what they're doing is cool. Like, what like what Assad's been building with Jado for a while has been dope. What you know, even when we had the barrel guys and the the what keyboard and p- things are doing with the Vinco, like all these different ways of thinking about utility and access and products in real life, mixing with digital and everything. Like there is so much dope shit. Like I would really start paying more attention to those people. Like if they have to get through people's shows or get or or like pay to be seen and whatnot, is because they can't be seen in this regular market. So actually I would pay extra attention to those people. Like I genuinely mean that. Like it's like I look at those and we go through them with Mando like very thoroughly. And I'm like, damn, like there's so many really cool founders in here. And the same goes to artists. Like there's like so much dope fucking art out there and still like artists that are struggling to be seen and whatnot. That's always gonna be the case. It's always been the case. But I'm just saying like there's a lot more than meets the eye. So, so can I challenge that slightly? Like, yeah, this concept that um, I personally think one of the, the other shifts that we're seeing right now, and you've seen this like most notably with what just happened with with uh, D guards and the Utes Mint, like that concept of rebuilding culture from from the ground up, like what's be- actually being seen as valuable, is is kind of being there in the community on a daily basis. I think that's returning. Like the concept of just spinning up a brand. Um, 
and it being this kind of mystic scenario which um you know immediately goes to like tenny floor and um and then they build the brand afterwards i feel like that's being questioned more and more and more and i actually think like what you just mentioned there for example the nifty the nifty portal show like they have a better chance of building something than i would say 95 percent of the projects out there and i think that's right that what like you said it's not being reflected in price but price right now is a reflection that prices are anchored to some sort of certain level and then people are just using them for liquidity right now like uh, it's very it's very difficult oh no did we lose mando yeah i think he got right yeah we did yeah. he was spitting facts too hold on mando <laughs> no <laughs> it's a really good conversation damn it <laughs> mando hold on let me text him Hold on. Mando, we can't hear you. <clears throat> At all. Oh, damn. Ovi, can you? No, no he, he's down. Yeah, he's out. Maybe you get the Mando frequencies out there in the UK. Though he's back. <laughs> but um, I really wanted to, him to finish his challenging thought. Damn. Like, <laughs> well, we've completely lost Mando, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know how to segue out of that. <laughs> but... All I would say, I guess, in the meantime, is I do agree. The meta, there's still a huge meta of being active. And you've seen it with Frank D. God's use and everything. Like, we're still heavily dependent on, like, Twitter activity and whatnot. But obviously, I think for to, to reach, like, those bigger gaps to get to that 5, that 10, to that 20th floor, it's going to take much more than just a whole lot of Twitter hype now, especially in the next run. But I could be wrong, and the bull market could resume, and everything can go everywhere. Mando, are you back with us? Test, rug check, rug he's, check. Uh, we can't hear him. Yeah, he's gone, gone. Uh, you're super rugged. I'm trying to, you're super rugged. You're rugged as fuck. There you go. Let me tell him. Let me tell him. By the way, for those who want, for those who want to participate in the poll, just quickly, bottom right, I, I posted a poll. Are you bullish or bearish? That ends in 43 minutes. Oh, it's 11, 11. There you go. Make a wish. But uh, I, I put it out there. Uh, still some more people seem to be bullish than bearish. Hold on, let me remove Mando from co-host. There you go, let's try again. The co-host spot tends to get uh, rugged. They'll, Twitter did make a huge announcement. They didn't have to scream at us, though, that you can now uh, uh, <laughs> schedule up to 10 Twitter spaces at once, uh, all in caps. Now, if you could just fix your app, it'll <laughs> come be better. Uh, Mando, Mando, he is the man, Michael Daddy of the land. <laughs> Mando, are you here? <laughs> you, you got completely rugged, bro. Like, we, like, literally, as you were about to make probably the best point of your day, you, like, left. Oh, I don't even know where I got lost, but it was, it was, it was just the point that, um, I actually think the ones, um, like, price right now isn't, like, we've already described, like, pricing isn't a reflection of actual value. Like, prices is getting anchored to some level that they were at, and, you never see a project go from like 0.3 to one ETH right now because people just sell it because they, in their mind, it was at 0.3 ETH and they're looking for liquidity. And that's on a, that's on a broad level, but that's what's happening. Like you're not seeing any, any projects ever like move um, upwards at all uh, because it just gets sold into, into that liquidity. But what I do think is a project like Nifty Portal, it's going to have far more options um, in a year or two years time um, and that's the same for a lot of different projects, which are showing evidence of community building and presence on a daily basis, as you've just seen with like D-Gods and, and the Utes Mint. Like that 
evidence of just like being here and being vocal um, and actually doing well at community building during a time like this. Those are the projects I think will end up being valuable. And I agree exactly what you said, Farouk, like this concept that now a lot of projects are kind of beholden to VCs and they're coming out with different products, which they're probably going to try and sell to you, whether it's like music or Web3 um, social media or, or I don't know, just like a bunch of different things. I think those are the ones that are going to, are going to be very vulnerable. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see uh, how things trickle down. Ovi, sorry, I saw you mute. No, I was, I was just gonna completely agree with Mando. Like, I think um, if you find a project now where the project has like some kind of like relevance, like to to what's going on now, like it has a community that still exists despite everything uh, that's happened, and that isn't something that's predicated on promises, right? Like, it's not like oh, this project has a floor of seven ETH because they said they're going to do all these things in the next year and they're going to fund them by this project that like i don't know 0 0.1 0 0.2 0 0.3 0 0.4 eth and there's no like promises being made or anything but this has a like an existing community that still exists even despite everything that's happened that's consistent i think those are the things that show that there is actually some like real core value there, like away from vcs away from all the investment away from like um all this like third party stuff away from all these crazy different promises um it shows you that it's just like a real like pure genuine nft project with like real people who want to collect it who will stand by it regardless of whatever happens like you want you want the collectors to be like okay i don't really care if this is like 0.1 eth or 2 eth or like i'm just there because like i like being in this community and i feel like i, I identify with it like projects that people can actually identify with um from a cultural perspective i think those are the things that like there are things out there like i think crypto dick was, was a fantastic example of that like, that's done very well this year it's it's developed a very organic community like there's a nice law to it there's a nice meme to it they're not out there raising vc investment saying we're going to now expand the crypto dick universe by like twenty thousand nfts and you're going to have to do this, drink this thing, serum thing, or this duplicator and all this. They're not doing any of that shit. It's just like a core community of people who like owning a crypto dick, crypto dick, but who like the meme that have existed and lived through this bear market and that who will always be there. Those things have a lot of long-term value because they start to fall into this bracket of like, this isn't just like a, a startup investment. This is like you're investing in something that is, is a real genuine collectible. And, you know, as I mentioned yesterday, like the collectibles market has been around for centuries and it will definitely be so in the digital collectibles world and we are just at the birth of that um uh birth of that movement we're, we're like four or five years into nfts and there are some nft projects with such strong diehard communities regardless of whatever the floor price is now they will live and last forever and they will be immense immense sources of value um in years to come and i think that stuff is, is the stuff that's interesting right now Yeah, I uh, I agree with you. I think uh, I think we'll see, you know, how the how the market evolves here and uh, and where we go. But it's definitely a good conversation. Um, I'm uh, I'm very curious actually, and actually I see our guest who just showed up in the <laughs> in the audience. So let me send Avery a, a, um, an invite. I'm actually really curious to hear her thoughts as well and how they're they're approaching it. Uh, maybe get a different point of view, point of view and opinion uh, here. But and I also asked, so you know, if you have thoughts and you want to share, I just I pinned the tweet at the top. You're always, of course, in the audience, always welcome to to share your thoughts with us, with me, and and tell us, you know, what you think. And also tag, please, like, please, like, you know, 
please like tag people, you know, tag, tag those founders we're talking about, tag those projects that we're saying, uh, you know, deserve to see more reach and recognitions and, 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 and that are actually building, you know, meaningful products during, uh, during this market. I personally like to, to invest into more of them. Uh, and, and I know Mandonovia is looking for more, but it's, it's really interesting. There's a lot, there's a lot of people out there. Uh, and, and, you know, as soon as you scratch on the surface of what we're at the top, you know, when you, when you do the market report, then you look always the top five, top 10, your suspects, um, there's, there's always many, many more. So, but, but, but with that, I definitely want to segue into our special guest of the day, Avery Akinani, president of Vayner3, GMGM. What's up, Avery? How you doing? Hi, Farouk. Um, hi, everybody. Thank you all so much for having me um, on today. I'm so excited and honored to be here. Wow, look at that energy. Oh, my God. You must have had a lot of fun last week, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and happy uh, happy late birthday, Farouk. Um, I hope you had a very special one yesterday. Thank you so much. Yeah, I definitely did. It's uh, it's one of those days where you really, like, you know, uh, you like. I just, like, I felt frozen. I, I didn't do much. I just, like, I know we flew back from London, but it's, like, frozen. It's, like, whoa, like, there's a lot of people, like, genuinely appreciate me. And, like, one of those days where you realize that and it's, like, your heart gets filled with gratitude. And I don't know. It was one of those days, you know. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. You honestly. deserve it. You deserve it. That's amazing. I, I was I like, well, but you know, we don't take it for granted. We wake up, we go to the gym, we host a show, and we fucking keep going, right? And so, and so, and so that's 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 the only thing we can do. And so, Avery, I mean, I love I love to present you, but I do believe there's no better person to give an intro but the guests uh, themselves. And so, I'd love to get a little background on so who is Avery Akineni and by the way am I saying your last name right yeah you're saying it perfectly I know it's uh it's a long one what's the what's the trust me, my last name is Sarmat Tarani please what's the what's the, what's the background on that last name by the way yeah so my husband is actually Indian um so it's oh, a nice. South Indian last name um so my uh it's my married name um, and it's awesome. funny because I was living in Singapore for the last couple of years and people would always tell me like, oh, Avery, that's so funny. It's actually an Indian last name. And I was like, I know. Um, so my uh, in-laws are actually from Hyderabad in South India. That is cool. Well, there you go. Little uh, little background on, on Avery. So, <laughs> so tell us, Avery. So who is who is Avery? <laughs> yeah. So I'm Avery. I'm originally from uh, Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, I grew up um, in the southeast part of the U.S., and I moved to California um, when I was an adult for college and then stayed um, out there and sort of started my career in digital marketing. I worked at Target, and then I worked at Google for many years, um, helping to build some uh, products like Search and YouTube and DoubleClick, which was an acquisition um, that Google made. And it was all amazing and got to work with a ton of really smart people and uh, meet a lot of cool, uh, interesting folks um, in San Francisco. And that's when I really became interested in technology um, and how technology could change the world and, you know, give people access to information and improve their quality of life. Um, and then, you know, my husband and I moved, boyfriend at the time, uh, moved to New York because we were like, you know, let's go see what's up in, in New York. And uh, we fell in love with New York, thought it was just amazing and great. And I was still working at Google and um, actually, Gary uh, Vaynerchuk came in and gave us a motivational talk. Um, and this was in like 2015. So Gary was not uh, quite as well known as he is today. But I thought that I was just very inspired by him. And I thought like, wow, this is a dude who stands for something like love it or hate it. He has a perspective. And, you know, he, everyone else uh, in this sort of advertising world it was kind of like, you know, shades of blue. And then Gary is like, neon yellow like not one is not like the others um and i thought that was interesting and we sort of sparked up a friendship and 
he ended up um, recruiting me to join Vayner Media, which is the sort of core business of Vayner. It's an advertising agency. Um, and I joined in 2018. Um, and everybody at the time, like, thought it was insane because I was working in this, like, really amazing job at Google. And I basically went to work at a community management agency. Um, it's not that common that people go from brand side to agency side. So I joined Vayner, really loved the culture that we were building. I had the opportunity to open up our offices in Asia Pacific, which was cool. So we opened in Singapore and Bangkok and Tokyo and Sydney and Hong Kong. And that business like really grew like crazy. And I learned just a ton about a whole new ecosystem of things that like I wasn't familiar with in different cultures and was fortunate enough to build a really awesome team that's over 300 strong now. Um, and then we got really interested in NFTs, like late 2020, early 2021. Gary was like, hey, I think there's something going on here. We need to start learning like what's going on with this shit. So we just spent a lot of time in like Discord and listening to Twitter spaces like yours, Farouk, um, and talking to some OGs. And, you know, Gary launched V Friends in May of 2021. And that's when we decided that I would move back to the US to help launch Vayner 3, um, formerly Vayner NFT, and help bring enterprises into this world. So that's what I've been focused on for the last year and a half. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm so honored to be here today because, you know, we take a lot of inspiration from your show and everything that you're building at Rug Radio and, you know, just happy to be part of this ecosystem. That's awesome. Well, c- congratulations uh, on, the, on, the, on the success. It's awesome. So it all started with Gary coming to speak at Google. And you exactly. said, oh, that's, the, that's someone I want to work with. That's really cool. Wow, this is awesome. And so, and it's just funny. So, I, it's, um, I, I love, I, I always, I always love, say I love like, um, the Vayner teams because, like, I know it's a lot, that means a lot of people. But, uh, if one thing Gary knows how to do is really surround himself with like some incredible people. Uh, so, like, I remember, uh, uh, you know, first coming to Vayner Media, I think it was 2017 or something, uh, and, you know, meeting Andy and Cranach and, you know, Alex and Simone and all these people. It's just incredible people. And then, uh, obviously, seeing the move, uh, the sharp move Gary made into into Web3 and NFTs with uh, with VFriends. And, and now, so now you're you're at the head of, 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 of Vayner 3, right? Because that was Vayner NFT that's rebranded uh, to, to to Vayner 3, and right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Awesome. And so, and, and well, 300 people got, oh my God, that's a lot. That's, that's Vayner Media Asia. Vayner, Vayner at three is only like 50. We're still like small, small, but mighty team. Oh, only, yeah, just, just 50 people, you know, no big deal, you know, and uh, just nothing. Uh, I, I'm, I'm having, a, you know, I have, we have about 10 people and I'm just like, whoa, okay, I need to scale faster and, and bigger, but how do I do it? But you're out here with 50 people, which is still a lot. And so, you know, I, I kind of want to hear more about like, you know the last, the last specifically like the last, um, the last eighteen months, right? Uh, into you know into this space and after the launch of V Friends and whatnot, like you know how 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 are you guys approaching you know working and onboarding these large brands into into the space? You know because obviously you work with Pepsi, you work with a lot of bigger bigger companies, um, Coinbase and whatnot. So like, how do you guys approach like onboarding the large corporations to Web three when the pr- public perceptions of NFTs is still like very bad it's actually really sad honestly like i you did you see like the replies to david bowie's tweet yesterday like yeah we're still like down really bad in terms of perceptions to the you know general public 
Yeah, so it's a really good question. I think, um, you know, Gary's strategy throughout his career has been anchored on sort of using himself as like uh, the beta test or the guinea pig and then showing what's possible. So whether we're talking about like Gary was like one of the first people on Twitter, like one of the first like, you know, social content creators who was really using Musical.ly, which became TikTok. So he's always been very like first to things and we always show our my partner's like, hey, this is what good looks like. And I think that was really the intention with eFriends. So um, that, and I see some people in the audience here who are part of that or, or used to be part of that team. Um, I think vFriends is a really good blueprint that showed what's possible for a person of influence to do in the NFT space. And Proke, you, you're sort of like this as well, where you had an audience before Web3 and that's now grown. I think Gary is probably the person who has done that most successfully converting a large audience into a web three audience. We've seen a lot of other like celebrities and athletes really struggle to make that jump because they don't understand the this level of commitment that's required for a successful NFT program. Um, so Gary's VFriends program has been like really a blueprint for us that a lot of our enterprise partners saw that and they were like, okay, what are you guys doing over here? We're interested. And we're fortunate to work with a lot of huge companies um, and they want to learn. I think that's the biggest thing. You guys, everyone sees what we sort of like put out publicly for drops and things, but actually the bulk of our work is more like under the iceberg, education, strategy, partner diligence, like risk management, a bunch of boring like legal stuff that's really important for big companies though, um, for them to feel comfortable to participate. One of the reasons we wanted to evolve our name from Vayner NFT to Vayner 3 is what we realized like a you know, maybe six months in is like, yes, NFTs are a big part of this. They're the most tangible part, I think, of Web3 for people to wrap their heads around because people understand collectibles. So they understand digital collectibles. But there's also cryptocurrency, enterprise applications of blockchain, and a much bigger sort of opportunity in all of Web3 than the metaverse than just NFTs. So I think you've, you've seen us sort of shift our language away from being so NFT specific to being more broad. And also our, our partners are coming to us for like, hey guys, should we, you know, how should we think about crypto? How should we think about the metaverse? Is this real? What's real? What's not? Is this platform legit? And, um, you know, I think we have tried to be really out front in both uh, bringing in enterprises to support like the long-term thinking of Web3 and also elevating artists and collaborators. Like we, I just got back from the code conference where, you know, some of our partners at Diageo were actually sponsoring. So we helped them identify three rising stars, three awesome folks in the Web3 world. Shannon Snow, who's the COO of World Women, Alejandro Navia, who runs NFT Now, um, and uh, David Bianchi, who's um, a creator in the space. So they sort of identified those three as rising stars. We did a little panel and started to help, like, you know, communicate all the awesome stuff that Web3 stands for beyond just what people see as a speculative hype cycle for NFTs to this audience of people who are like policymakers and technologists. Um, and it's awesome to see like Johnny Walker has been a great partner um, to us in, in sort of supporting creators along the way. Uh, so it's been really fun to bring these enterprises along. And while a lot of them are skeptical, they're very, very curious. And I think we can turn that curiosity into something that is positive. Yeah, this is really interesting. It's a really good answer. It's actually, it, it says a lot. It's very telling that you had to change the name, right? From the, the NFT to the three, though. I mean, it sounds great with Vanity 3, uh, not going to lie. Uh, but it's, um, 
it's uh, it's very telling and interesting it's uh and how the space has evolved over time like the narrative of web3 has really taken over nfts and i wonder how that evolves as well in the future i guess it'll help a lot for people to understand like look web3 is like much more than just this like the and a lot of the nft is like seen as a gambling right whereas which is not yeah exactly web3 is seen more as this like I don't know, like this layer above like Web2 right, and the internet and everything. So I have a question for you. Um, you know, as Gary Vee, you know, often says, right, and believes that most of the NFTs are, uh, 99% of the NFTs are going to zero. And clearly he was right the entire fucking time. <laughs> I should have listened. listened to Gary when, uh, when was it? Months ago, it was in New York. We, or last time, I don't remember. It was right pre-bull mar- bear market. We went for coffee, Nelson Yards. And he, we went for coffee, and he's like, buckle up, a lot of the stuff are going to zero. And I looked at him dead in the eyes, and I said, Gary, do you actually mean it when you tweet it? And he looked at me and said, absolutely, and be prepared, and make sure that you, you, know, you're, you, you, you make sure people also are prepared for it, because this is how crypto works, and it's cyclical. And God damn it, I wish I had listened to G a little more than I did. I listened a little bit. But I didn't really listen. But, you know, knowing that, right, knowing that a lot of stuff is going down, has gone down, will go down. How do you, like, speak to your clients knowing these yeah. numbers? Like, how do you, know, use that to onboard them? Yeah, well, it's, I, I couldn't agree more, Gary. It's, like, been talking about that for a long time. And the funny thing is, when you actually look at the data, like, 99.9% of NFTs already are zero. If you yeah, look at, like, literally. the total number of, like, <laughs> NFTs created on OpenSea, like under, you know, a tiny fraction has ever had a sale. But I think we saw a big market correction um, in terms of pricing. Like the, the reality is, um, I think that collectability matters in certain categories, right? Like there's always a market for card collecting and, you know, fine spirits collecting and extensive handbag collecting, but that's a small market. The broader market is really about like utility, what people are actually going to get and benefit. So the way we think about that is like, you know, the era of digital collectibles only is like, you know, that era is probably behind us unless you have something that's like super spectacular. Um, and we've shifted a lot of our, you know, communication to, and we, I think we've always had this is every NFT program that we're doing needs to have some type of like actual utility behind it um, that people would want. Like we just, uh, you know, we have a drop that goes live tomorrow and you get access to this really cool piece of digital art by an awesome AI artist, Ivana Tao. And you also get this really, you know, super rare bottle of whiskey. And you also get access to like a sort of uh, discussion experience with the artist and also with the master blender. So that is already like worth something, you know, I think putting a real utility behind or real like use case behind every NFT will also help sort of change that market perception that it's all gambling, right? Because it's like, hey, you're already going to pay $1,000 for that bottle of whiskey. Now you're getting it in a way that, I don't know how many of you guys are are familiar with sort of high-end wine and spirits collecting, but there's a shit ton of fraud that happens with high-end wine and spirits. There's an amazing movie called Sour Grapes. Everybody should watch it. It's hilarious because you realize how much like, you know, expensive wine is actually fraudulent. People... Um, like bottle it themselves. And there's more bottles of 1966 Bordeaux sold every single year than were ever produced. But people can't even tell because it's all like through auction houses and uh, this whole sort of convoluted old school process, right? And I actually think that blockchain authentication solves this provenance thing that really matters and that 
in the wine, fine wine and spirits collecting. And that's a really clear and obvious use case for NFTs. So what the long-winded answer to your question is, our focus is really on delivering NFT programs that have a very clear value so that they cannot be seen as like speculative investing because we don't really want to encourage that behavior, especially on behalf of brands. If it happens, it happens, but we need to make sure that there's like an actual, you know, brands are not trying to do something to make a quick amount of money that they're not going to be prepared to support. Yeah, that is, that is, that is uh super, super interesting. And, um, and, uh, and so I, I'd like to follow up on that question then with what do you think brands that are entering the space are doing wrong, right? Like do we've seen a lot of, I mean, we've seen it all in this space, I think, whether it was to celebrity, big brands, small brands and whatnot. But you guys are really, one thing you guys at Vayner have always been good at, even way pre-Web3, um, was, you know, working with very large corporations and taking care of the media, marketing, whatnot, communication strategy. So what are some things that you've seen that you think brands are, are doing wrong in terms of space? And, and what do you, what do you, you know, um, think they should, you know, most people should be thinking about or, or doing? Because I'm, I'm assuming a lot of CMOs or, or social media managers and whatnot will be listening. Uh, <laughs> to yeah. This. I think that what they're doing wrong is thinking about this as a short-term thing. I think if you look, I'm sure everybody's seen that Dune dashboard of like top 10 brand NFTs and a lot of them have been from Vayner. The ones who are doing it right have a team that's focused on this and they're taking it seriously. Um, I think that is really what separates brands who are sort of thinking about it the right way from brands who are kind of dabbling. Um, The second thing I think that some brands are struggling with is like overpricing things um, because they're like, oh, I saw Nike made a billion dollars of secondary, so I can too. It's like, yeah, they did that through acquiring an incredibly well-respected Web3 company. It's not like they you know, they made that happen out of thin air. Um, So I think we've seen some cases of brands overpricing things that is out of touch with the market. Um, So I would say those two things is thinking about it from a short term perspective, and also overpricing, which is, uh, you know, something that a lot of consultants are, are trying to help with and guide. And I think the last thing that, you know, everyone's trying to balance right now is bringing in new people into this space. The reality is for a a quote, like normal person who's not familiar with Web3, it can be, if you're used to just one click shopping on Amazon, getting through the whole rigmarole of buying an NFT is actually kind of like challenging and confusing and can even be scary. So I think that, um, you know, a lot of times brands have intentions or they think that they're like fans from web two are just going to be able to participate. And it's actually not that easy for those fans to participate. Um, so balancing, just being realistic with how much education an audience will need before they can actually participate in an NFT drop, um, I think is another thing people are, are starting to think about. That is super interesting. Um, that's so true. A lot of them are so short minded and they think about it. They just approach it from like this, I will do it. Or like they pay some, company or some you know management this and that and just let it go and, and it's uh, it's that's actually a perfect answer <laughs> yeah and you know how it is too it's like if you yeah. build it like that doesn't mean people are gonna buy it you have to get the right people to be aware of it you have to market it you have to like nurture that community and and make sure they see a value in it um because some of like the most famous and well-known people and brands have done things that like nobody buys you know and they're just like oh i did an nft people are gonna spend a fortune on it that's not exactly how it works um so I think that aspect of marketing um, and communication is super important. Um, and 
the the last thing I'll, I'll say on this is I think we're probably as an overall Web3 industry going to see a little bit of a change in terms of sell through and speed of that. In the past year, we've gotten really used to like immediate sell through. And that's not how like normal product sales work. Like we don't sell out of like, you know, jeans immediately after they drop. Like it takes like a few months sometimes and all of that. And I think uh, people are sort of conditioned to this really fast sell through um, because that's happening, you know, a lot in the past year because people were looking for a quick flip. Um, and I think it actually prohibits some people from wanting to participate in that, in the sort of NFT space, because they're like, oh, I don't want to like not sell through or not sell through quickly. Um, and I think overall, we've seen some really established people launch things that don't sell through that quickly. And we need to normalize that, like, that's going to happen and that's okay. Yeah, that's, that's, that's very, very true. I'm very like, I, uh, it's, it's interesting though. We're seeing a lot more of the, of the larger brands and companies like finally have this like web three branch, um, or kind of open up. But again, like, I feel like it's really hard. Like hiring within web three is very tough. I feel like it's easier for, for me or people like you. Cause like, we're so like, you know, involved, right. So you can kind of find people on Twitter and it's not, you kind of like see who, who's doing what and what's, you know, who's good at that, you know, at understanding uh, the NFT space, but it's still a very hard space to truly understand. So you see so many brands just like, you know, hit a wall, even though intentions were probably, um, were probably good, but um, it's, uh, it's tough. Uh, Mando, Ovi, by the way, if, I'm sorry, I'm like taking this on because I'm, I'm having really a fun time jamming with you, Avery, right now. <laughs> and I'm seeing a ton of requests. So I'll, after at some point, I'll try and bring a couple of people up who want to ask a few questions to, to Avery. Uh, but if you guys have any questions, definitely uh, take it on, Ovi, Mando. Uh, and if not, I'm very happy to, to keep jamming here because uh, I'm having a lot of fun. <laughs> Yeah, sure. I'm happy. I'm happy to come in. Oh, you can go. Hey yeah, guys, you guys prefer, oh, yeah, no, I, <laughs> I'm gonna, it was just I'm interesting to Michael. <laughs> As normal, OSF does just kind of zones out for the last half an hour. But um, yeah, I, it's interesting here. You say talking about the shift um, that's that's clearly going uh, taking place. It's it's moving maybe slightly away from revenue generation to more um, reach. Um, trying to build a presence and long-term thinking. Um, in that world, like I know you already mentioned today, like the concept of things like provenance in traditional uh, collectibles markets. Um, and Gary's been talking about that for a while, the idea that, you know, you'll that portability of the traditional collectibles market and provenance is going to be a very, very big thing. Um, he's also been talking about the concept of, you know, building up warehouses in the middle of America and, and putting goods in there and that, that can revolutionize a lot of a lot of um, the, the, the trading of many different goods uh, with NFTs. Where do you see the growth of NFTs over the next over the next few years? We were speaking about earlier in the show that we think the concept of building a Web3 native IP is going to it's kind of been the hype of the last 12 months um, and that we're gradually going to shift towards maybe infrastructure, um, traditional operations being ported into NFTs. Like wh where do you yeah. see your, your ability to, to grow um, as a, as a, a advertising agency and more broadly as like a consultancy? Yeah. So I think um, from our, just from my perspective, I think pricing of NFTs just for like average price point is going to go way down and the scale is going to go way out. Um, the total market for like people who actually have an Ethereum based NFT, depending on how you define it, it's like a few million, right? It's very, very small. 
And we're used to thinking about like reaching audiences of like billions of people. So like the scale has to change really dramatically. And, and the reality is like, yes, there is a market for, you know, super high end luxury goods, but that's also a small market. I think we've seen the luxury market gravitate to NFTs and that will continue to happen. Um, and I think that will be like a natural transition, but I think the future growth is um, in a couple of areas. Uh, I'll say, I think the concept of digital identity and digital ownership is really fundamental in underpinning why all of this shit is happening is because, you know, people's time spent on digital devices is going in one direction and it's up. That matters more to pe- to especially the um, younger generations that matters more to them than having, you know, a closet full of expensive handbags, right? They want to show their friends how cool they are online. They're interacting in digital places and that's really their form of digital expression. So I think that's what's going to underpin it. And a few like use cases that I see as more immediate ticketing. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of growth in ticketing in the next few years. Um, Friends did an awesome job sort of like rolling out this idea of the first NFT ticketed conference. And that was the first like use case we saw at scale. But I think the scale can go way beyond that into things like airline tickets, um, into things like sporting events. And we've seen some people like making some moves into this space. I, I see Lindsay here. We had lunch yesterday and we we're chatting about, you know, what Ticketmaster is doing in this space. Um, I think that's a huge case that's really clear and coming and will bring NFTs to more people. The second one I see is loyalty. Um, you know, the concept of a loyalty program for a brand is definitely not new, uh, but I see this as the next like evolution of enabling loyalty. And I think we're going to see a lot of progress there. We're working on a bunch of things for partners in that space as like the new loyalty program. Um, So I'm really excited about where that's heading. Uh, And then I also think across gaming, health and music, there are natural fits that we will see emerge. We've seen a little bit of sort of success in the gaming space. Obviously there's a lot of friction with the more traditional gamers, but my belief is that there will be some type of a breakthrough IP that leverages NFTs in a way that like millions of people find very useful and interesting and fun. Um, and I think that's a, a place where we're experimenting and exploring. Um, and then loyalty just being something that feels such a natural fit. Like, you know, loyalty programs used to be like coupons and direct mail and now it's email. And like, it's just an evolution of, of something that brands are familiar with and consumers are familiar with. And then the last thing I, I feel is really interesting, and we haven't seen like great use cases yet, um, but it, it feels very right, is crypto enablement at scale. Um, we've seen some high-end retailers start taking crypto and some of our clients do as well. Right now, it's not really a, a very adopted channel. I know because I see the analytics on all of our drops that offer credit cards, and most people actually do use credit cards when given the option, uh, at least when they're purchasing from sort of Web2 brands or, you know, traditional brands, I think we could see crypto enablement be a real thing that accelerates adoption in tandem with NFTs um, if it's rolled out in a way that's super easy and seamless for the billions of people who are unbanked. Sorry, that was a super long answer. No, that's a great answer. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's interesting. I, I completely agree with you. I think those sort of existing operations that can just easily port into NFTs, um, particularly loyalty cards, particularly um yeah, like access cards, which are already there. My, my, my one thing on that is just that, that do you think right now the NFT um, industry is, is developed enough? 
Like, what's really wrong with the current Starbucks loyalty card? Um, and that's why I kind of I question at the, at the moment whether the bad rep or, or the apparent bad um, you know name that NFTs has. I don't know if it like it works with mass market. I, I can imagine it working with high end luxury um, access passes. Like I don't know, let's say the Four Seasons were to do uh, a access pass or something like that, or a loyalty program. But I do still question whether we are yet developed enough as a market, and whether the reputation of our product has shifted enough that we can bring on like hundreds of millions now. I just I, I question I think you're, it. I you're exactly right on probably the term NFT will not be part of that journey, right? Um, for, for the like, you know, multi-million of consumers. Um, I think that that's a, a good point to bring up. Where I would, I guess, like challenge or build upon that is there's nothing like the Starbucks app already works, right? Like it's perfect. It's great. But that is like a the entire way that we operate in Web2 is all these like closed ecosystems and I think the transition to your digital identity, like being your one-stop shop for associating all the things that matter to you, that is actually like fundamentally critical to like what's going to drive all this. If consumers don't want to use a bunch of different like separate apps for this type of thing, or they want to have all of this like kind of rolled up into one place, that's really the reason that brands um, are considering this, right? They're more looking to get ahead of the curve than replace something that's already like successful already. They're like, okay, great. How can we use this in a new and interesting way? And from an enterprise perspective, like blockchain is far more efficient and secure than a lot of the infrastructure that's built today. So on a more like sort of technical side of things, I actually think the biggest and best use cases of blockchain will probably not be as like apparent to normal consumers the same way like I give this example all the time it sounds very silly but like I have no idea how a light bulb works I just know I turn on the switch and it turns on right I actually think that that's how blockchain can solve a lot of problems in the back background that won't be so consumer facing they won't necessarily be like hey I'm collecting nft stars they will be leveraging their starbucks or any other sort of QSR brand um, loyalty program as part of their digital wallet and digital identity, which matters in real life and may, may also begin to matter in digital ecosystems only. Like they have a huge presence in, in places like Roblox, right? So I could see some integration that happens between the digital and the physical worlds um, in the longer term, not in the immediate term. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree with that if you can create something that's um, that can be poor, you know, you can use across multiple different brands and you can build a platform there, then I think it would work very well. And yeah, I do appreciate that, that brands start to get ahead of themselves. And it would be, it's going to have to be a solution like that, isn't it? Like NFTs have got such a bad rep for them that people are going to have to start using them without knowing that they're using them. <laughs> and then hopefully in five years time, we can have a conversation and be like, well, you've been using NFTs the whole time. Exactly. Um, and... I, I think that that is where it'll be. And it's the same way, like, you know, companies were talking about like websites. This is like 20 years ago, but they're like, I don't need a website. People just go to my store. They already know, like, why do I need to have this separate thing? And we're kind of at that space with NFTs because they're, they are doing some like investing ahead of where the average consumer is. But that investing ahead is like the way that they stay relevant with consumers. If they wait for everyone to be there, then it's too late. That is, yeah, that is, that is, sorry, were you going to go, Mando? No, no, you, you come in. No, no, this is great. I And so I kind of want to get into the, the whole media side of things, right? Because obviously, um, you know, if, if there's anyone we've seen that's been an absolute machine at creating content 
over the last, I don't know how many years, but I've been doing social media shit for a long time. And Gary's been around for as long as I've been around. I've been here and even longer. So, <laughs> and, uh, and so, and uh, so obviously Gary, Gary V's huge on content creation. Um, do you think NFTs were revolutionized social media and Web3 social as we know it? That's a really good question, Farouk. Um, so it's a tough one. I know. Don't worry about it. But yeah, you're like so good at answering. I mean, <laughs> it's a tough one. But I, I think that um, there is, and again, we're talking about this a ton at Code. There's so much friction with the way that the Web two platforms monetize and the economic models that have empowered things like Twitter and Snap and you know Facebook and Google to make money, right? Because their take rate is. Like creators like you and all, what you all are building at Rug Radio, you all are putting all your time and effort into this thing. You're bringing your fans there, you're building your community. But like, hey, if Twitter like deletes your handle, like you're screwed, right? Like you don't have, they control all of that. You're kind of almost renting your audience. And I think that it's reached a boiling point where a lot of creators actually have, you know, they, they're looking actively for another solution. I think it will have to be driven by the creators though. Because the platforms don't have an incentive to shift, right? Like they're making a fortune. Why would they want to shift? Their take rates are like higher than the mafia. Um, so everything is going very well for the social media platforms. I think it will have to be driven by the creators who, you know, demand a new way to engage with their fans and a new way to monetize. I think we've seen, you know, over the past 18 months, real huge economic opportunity for the early adopter creators in web three at, at a rate that probably isn't sustainable forever. But um, I think that the only way we'll see social like really dramatically shift is if creators make, you know, a concerted focus on being like, this has to be web three enabled because we need better economic models. I know there's been a lot of friction on this, especially with Instagram creators. Um, and I hear it all the time on sort of influencers we work with and, and things like that. Um, so I think it will have to be creator driven. I also know that every platform is thinking about this, right? Like they all see this trend and they're trying to figure out how they're going to engage, whether that's, you know, Instagram enabling NFTs, like, or, or some of the other platforms who are, are clearly building into this space already, like Salesforce or Shopify or, or many others. I'm sure there's some that are confidential, but some of you guys probably know a lot of these social platforms are actually looking into this Twitter enabling profile picture verification. They know it's coming, but I think it will need to be driven by the creators because the creators are really the reason people like go onto social media. That's interesting. Yeah. That's where I like to, that's where my, you know, wake up every morning thinking about in that way. I think media is going to be absolutely massive in, in, in web three in the NFT space because we can, we're just literally building a, a layer above the internet right now where, you know, everybody can be either rewarded for participating or you can build social networks on top of, 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 uh, of, uh, of these tokens, which I don't know if you managed to see, but you should look into the, the contract, the ERC 721 M, which was developed by Cynic Dow, which actually were on, were built on top of, uh, uh, and with, which is incredible. It was announced yesterday, but it's just like, there's so many, like, I mean, it's it's really, really interesting to me the way uh, people approach uh, media because right now, obviously, we're building Web3 on Web2, right? <laughs> which is, which is kind yeah. of... You know, I talk about the Twitter eco chamber, right? So I wonder how what media looks like in five years or 10 years. Like, you know, there's like always a new platform that comes out. The last one was like TikTok that came out with the storm, and then with Snapchat. So like every five years-ish, like this new platform just takes social media by storm. I kind of wonder 
where I like, like legitimately post- hope it's going to be Web3 enabled. And I know you guys are building out a lot of these like cool media companies at time. I mean, we all love Keith here. They are also, yeah. like everybody is sort of like making everybody recognizes a problem. There has to be that breakthrough of like how there can be a better economic model that isn't just based on banner ads like we need to ban banner ads they're horrible nobody likes them it's not oh my god consumer experience um it's not a good brand experience and there has to be like a a more equitable economic model um we just haven't seen a breakthrough yet but it's amazing the stuff that you guys are building and i genuinely hope that the next iteration of like sort of consume to earn content um is built with a better creator uh economy in mind (laughs) I totally agree. I, 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 yeah, that's, that's definitely it. It's, it's web three enabled platforms that, you know, that are going to be really built from within probably like people that are on here, like either in the audience or on Twitter, people you interact with on a daily day basis and probably are going to market uh, via vendor three. And so, <laughs> but it's, uh, it's definitely, um, definitely interesting. I do want to go to, 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 to Dido and, and Camila, because then they came up uh, probably to ask a question. But I, I do have now. I do have a question. You know, like when when we when we we did kind of a call out with Mando uh, a couple of weeks ago, and we tried to do it consistently. Of like, we wanted to interview more women in Web three that are founders, like presidents, CEOs, and whatnot. Because like on the show, you know, we have we like to we love to host like really interesting like guests who 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 run you know companies and businesses that we use every day that we have to see of Polygon Studios and Flow and whatever. And, and and so obviously your name came up a lot. And, you know, being being that I was already connected with stuff, I was like, well, Avery, let's go. Let's let's get on the shows. Um, and But it seems like the low number of women in Web3 right now seems to be like a complex problem. Uh, do you have um, any strong opinions on this or like, or any solutions to how we can perhaps help either change that or is it something that just like a, is like a thing of, of time like it's going to take just a little bit for it to to kind of switch well for one i love that you're asking that question and you're being so thoughtful around it so thank you for that first for oak um, it's a, it's like a walking on a line mine sometimes so i was kind of like scared i'm, no, I'm sorry no. if it was long-winded I, I appreciate i appreciate you asking and it obviously comes up a lot um i think there's so many badass women who are doing cool shit in web3 already um and you know it's a smaller group but we try to shine a spotlight on each other so happy to tell you a bunch of names of people i think are total badasses and it's it's actually a problem that i struggle with as well when hiring for for my company um because i look at the applications i'm like damn it it's 98 percent dudes again um so we have to be really intentional um in in finding women who are interested in this space um and also some sometimes like maybe they're not as in it as some other people but they have interest and passion around it um and trying to bring them in intentionally like that is something that we try to do at vayner three um but yeah i think that the absolute like reality is the vast number of applicants we get are men right now i do think that kind of follows the early tech adopter curve that we've seen across crypto we've seen across even like some formats of social media and internet usage so I think it's something that in time will balance out. But for now, being really intentional around bringing in more women and elevating more women who are smart and badasses. And then secondarily, you know, everyone talks about these women in Web3 panels. And it's like, I appreciate people trying to create this, but the better thing would be like, just put women on the normal panels. And that would be amazing. Um, so that's something I always try to encourage people to do as well. Is like, it doesn't have to be a special group, just include within... Um, this sort of thinking and and I think also smart folks and leaders like you who are making a concerted effort will really help sort of change this um, in if not the immediate term the medium term. I 
I love what you just said. And by the way, I will take you up on that. Please do send me that list or whatever. I'm sure if you guys have group chats, whatnot, offer some of them to come on the show. We definitely want more uh, on the show. We we uh, we often tweet out or ask for it. So definitely we'll take you up on that list of uh, of the women with you are doing really cool shit. And I know there's a lot. And like, I, like you said, it's just sometimes it's tough. And even here, like when I'm in the spot of a founder and I'm trying to hire more people at Rug Radio, it's like, it's tough to like even find because I'm I'm going through applications. It's nice. Oh, it's, again, ninety percent guys. Like it's like it's in, even though I try and then you make a conscious effort. Like director our director of operations, Amy, who 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 gave birth to Michelle Matt leave is a woman. Mel, who helped build the entire structure of Rock Radio, is, is a very strong woman. I've learned a lot from them, and so there's a lot. It's just like making sure to being able to elevate that. And I also I totally agree with you. Like always, like that one panel, shove them in that one panel. It's woman, what between? No, like. Why can't, why, like, it should just be right here with us, right? And it's like, it's like, cause they're, what? It's like, oh my God, I totally agree with you. So I'm really, really happy that you, uh, you went that route and, and said that. Dido, see your hands raised. Hey, what's going on, Avery? Yeah. It's, it's great to meet you, GMGM. GM. Uh, I remember Avery, you and Vonner Three came onto my radar whenever, um, you know, around the March time frame when the Doodles South by Southwest experience came out. And for those in the audience that may not remember, like Vonner had a big hand in that, and that's when I knew that this company and what y'all were doing were really dedicated to creating memorable experiences for holders. So I uh, just wanted to thank you for that. Um, and also, I just wanted to mention, too, just on the topic of women, just having someone like you at the helm of a company like Vonner 3 and helping shepherd brands into this space and helping make sure that they're not, you know, just extracting value and, you know, that they're adopting a long term mindset means the world to me and, and to a lot of other people in this audience. So just thank you for that. Um, wow, the question that's so nice. Thank you. <laughs> sure thing. The question that I had, Avery, though, was, um, you know, there's this concept that a lot of brands are playing with right now in terms of things that exist in the physical world, having a digital twin. And, you know, the term some people are using uh, is fidgetal. And I'm curious if that term fidgetal gets the Vonner 3 seal of approval or should we be using something else? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, so... I'm not in love with the term fidgetal or digi fidgy, which I know people are also saying. Um, I think the concept of a digital twin is super interesting. And you, I don't even know that we've put the word fidgetal into any of our materials yet. We probably haven't. Um, but please don't. We're, we're, yeah, we're not we're like completely <laughs> opposed to it, but like we're, we're not pro um, fidgetal. Uh, I think I'm more into digital twin. I'm into this idea of, and it has to be like a reason for it too. It's like, if you're having a t-shirt, like it doesn't need to be a digital t-shirt in a physical t-shirt, right? Like there has to be like an actual reason, like, oh, you have to burn it to redeem it or something like that. It, it doesn't, um, it doesn't get our ringing endorsement, but there needs to be some kind of a term for like what this is. I'm, I'd love to hear everybody's thoughts on digital twin. That one to me is, is better than digi fidgy or fidgetal. <laughs> I think that's a good uh, good answer. I just, I, as much as I love people trying to push that word and stuff, like, and obviously a lot of my friends, like, I see people use it and artists, well, I just, I just can't. Like, it sounds weird. Like, fidgetal. I remember the fidget spinner craze uh, back in my Instagram. Oh my god, yes. Oh my god, remember? Like, everyone, their mother started a Shopify store and made millions of dollars on selling fidget spinners. I even tried, and I was like, wait, no, that's not for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was crazy. Uh, I do want to be mindful of your time. So Camilla, here I'll, I'll go to you, and then and then we'll uh, we'll close it off at that. 
Oh no, I can't hear Camila. I do see her on mute though. I your your on mute thing works, but I can't hear you. No, Camila, try again. Can you oh, hear wow. me now? Yes, it works. Awesome. <laughs> and first of all, no, no. Yes. 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 Now yes. <laughs> So I totally agree with what you said about women. Uh, I don't think we need a special group. We just need. It helps that much, but it, it's what I've been seeing. To ask you uh, this, and I, I'm looking for a, a sincere answer here. Sorry, Camilla, I think you cut out, at least for me. Um, would you mind Yeah, repeating? same here. It might be a connection thing. It's like on and off. And now? I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Yep. So I don't know whatever you heard, but I will just follow up with, with the question. Uh, and I need, I'm looking for a sincere answer here, okay? Um, so when most, most of these brands come to you to get into the Web3 space and want to get involved and maybe drop something, what is their, their first first like motivation and intentions? It, is it to make money and ride this hype wave? Or do they really want to explore like, the possibilities that uh, the blockchain tech allows and the value of like co connecting with the community in, in a different way? Or they just come with greed at first and, and it's something yeah. that you and the Devainer 3 team have to make them understand of all the possibilities besides just making a quick buck and explaining that this is supposed to be like a long-term long thing. And I'm asking this because I'm Portuguese and I've seen some Portuguese brands try to do some activations in Web3, but they are driven by greed and not really interested in, in exploring the tech behind it, at least by now. And they don't seem to have like great consultants as well. So maybe this is where the problem lies. I'm not sure. Thank you. Yeah, so that's a really good question, Camilla. And I will say like sincerely, obviously there's a little bit of everything, but the vast majority of, of brands and companies who come to us are curious or they want to do something relevant. Um, money is actually not really the motivation for the vast majority of them. I think some see headlines and they're like, oh, can you guys, I saw Gary make all this money. Can you do that for me? And the answer is like, honestly, you could, but this is the level of commitment and investment that's required to do that. And long-term thinking, you need a whole team. You need to be really dedicated. Most actually come from relevance. And, and I think brands always want to do something that is relevant, but in order to do something relevant, it actually has to be cool. Um, and a lot of their ideas are, need some massaging and also need some web threeifying. So, um, I actually, I know for, we're like out of time and I want to transition to something that I think is a perfect bridge between Camilla's question um, and something we actually as Vayner3 and Johnny Walker wanted to, to offer you for your birthday. Um, so I'll give this example of Johnny Walker. It's the number one whiskey um, in the world actually. And they have a, multiple different tiers and we've done stuff with them like a VFriends collaboration that was a gift actually um, to gift goats, which are part of VFriends. Um, you know, they sponsored the like NFT now awards and gave all the NFT 100 each this, you know, custom bottle of Johnny Walker. And, you know, we started to talk about doing something for their ghost and rare, which is a super like limited edition, hard to access bottle that actually people all around the world kind of like clamor to get their hands on because it's actually from these ghost distilleries, which are now closed in Scotland. 
Um, and they were like, hey, do you guys think we could do something cool? And I see Ivana Tao in the audience here. And I want to give her a shout out because we were like, yeah, but it needs to be a collaboration with an artist. And we started to look for artists who we thought fit the visual they were kind of going after for Ghost and Rare. And a couple of the folks on my team were like, hey, you know, here's a couple options. And we really gravitated to Ivana's work as being really cool. And also because the blender of this whiskey um, is this master blender called Emma Walker. And it's pretty rare to have um, a female master blender of, of Scotch whiskey. So we're like, we'd love to find a female artist who kind of fits and, and is a good vibe for this. We reached out to Ivana. She was like, I'm down. We told Johnny Walker, like, hey, guys, we really want to work with Ivana Tao on this. And she created this really beautiful um, AI generated art. Um, and, you know, that actually comes along with the uh, physical bottle and also digital bottle, which is available on Block Bar. And for your birthday, Farouk, we're going to give you one. Um, there's only 75 of them. So it's super limited. Wow, um, let's go. Whoa. I love me some Johnny Walker. <laughs> So yeah <laughs> and you also get Ivana's work so Ivana I don't know if you want to come up and like share a little bit about the piece um but that I think Camilla is an example of the type of work we're really trying to do at Vayner is you know elevating artists in web3 doing an nft that actually has a very specific and clear utility um and also helping our partners kind of go into this in the right cadenced fashion instead of like let me drop a 10k pfp project because we just don't we don't need any more of those yeah, I totally agree. And I think that we, we what we really need now is more like consultants like, like you, you know, in everywhere, because it's missing and then brands just jump in with crazy ideas and it's just a mess. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's a little bit about like how we're thinking about it and a, and a good illustration. Um, so thanks to the Johnny Walker team, Ivana, Block Bar and Farouk, I'll, I'll get your email or your wallet address and we'll, we'll give you a little happy birthday. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. I, I brought Ivana up, uh, right? So figured uh, since you were uh, talking about Ivana, we could just bring her up a little uh, for a second and talk about it. Seems like seems like Twitter is having a lot of tech issues today. This is not cool, Twitter. Ivana, can you hear me? Oh, well, there goes Ivana. <laughs> My God, Damn Twitter. It. Oh, yeah, yeah. true to form um but yeah you know for thank you so much for having me and uh happy birthday this was such a fun conversation i need to turn into more rug radios i need more for in my life <laughs> thank you so much well listen monday to friday 10 30 a.m eastern standard time and 7 7 3 a.m pacific time we're here on rug radio gm nfts and this recorded this will be uploaded by end of day across all uh you know uh audio platforms and whatnot you know the drill i'll send you a couple snippets uh avery but thank you for coming today you i mean wow like whoa one of my favorites so far and we've hosted some incredible conversations over the last few months and and so that was really 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 insightful and i'm really really grateful that you uh you made some time uh, to come uh, this morning uh, on Rug Radio. And so we're thankful for that. Big shout out, as usual, to my co-hosts, OSF and Mando. Thank you, Dido and Camila, for coming up and asking your questions as well. And Golden, who's going to post a thread in the next couple minutes, uh, kind of recap recapping uh, this uh, this uh, this incredible interview that we just did with uh, Avery Akineni, sorry, of Vayner3, uh, president of Vayner3. So definitely, if you're listening on replay, you definitely want to come back on Twitter and give her a big follow uh, because this was a really, really solid episode. With that, I'll see y'all tomorrow morning for one other one to finish the week, Friday. We love the vibes on Friday. And with that, I love y'all. Have a beautiful Thursday. Peace out. And it's a beautiful day.
have a beautiful day. GMGM. On this beautiful day. Good morning, NFTs. We put up on seven hundred. Got the alpha on web three. And it's all on rough radio. It's a beautiful day. Have a beautiful day. GMGM. Oh, yeah. Rug Radio. Rug Radio. Love y'all. Have a beautiful day, fam. Peace out.